the 10-Minute Wedding Podcast with Dara O'D. If the search for your ideal wedding venue has started, then you should give serious consideration to Gloucester House in County Offaly. This is a venue that caters for everything from start to finish, from 25 to 200 people, and is one of Ireland's premier family-run wedding locations. Nigel Alexander joined me to talk about their history and how they make everyone's journey unique. The 10-Minute Wedding Podcast with Dara O'D. Hi, this is Nigel Alexander uh, from Gloucester House. We are a country house uh, exclusive wedding venue. Uh, you can find us online at gloucesterhouse.com um, or check out our Instagram page at gloucester underscore house. And that's Gloucester, G-L-O-S-T-E-R. Nigel, thank you so much for talking to us today. I suppose the, uh, the, the, the very interesting part for anybody who's a little bit historical is, can you give me a bit of a background of Gloucester House? Sure. So Gloucester was first built, we think, in 1640. It was built specifically for the Lloyd family. Now, the guy who designed it was quite an important architect at the time, a guy called Edward Lovett Pierce. He also designed, um, amongst other things, what was the Parliament Building at the time, but you would know it now as the Bank of Ireland in College Green in Dublin. So he designed this, this house for them on a 4,500-acre estate. The, the Lloyd family lived there for over 300 years until the 1950s. So to give you an idea of, of what they were like, the, the uh, second last Lloyd to live there was uh, General Lloyd. Uh, in the 1950s, he lived there on his own with an indoor staff of 13 people, just for him. Uh, and then he had his outdoor staff on top, so he could probably double that again, which is really quite amazing considering that it really wasn't that long ago. Then in, uh, in the 1950s, the Lloyd family finally sold up and sold to an order of Salesian nuns. So the, the church was buying up a lot of old buildings at that stage. And the nuns bought it as a, to turn it into a convent and a boarding school and later on as a nursing home. So they actually built on quite a lot to the, to the, to the house. And we have now taken these parts and converted into part of the wedding venue. So, for example, where we're... We're privileged to have our own, uh, albeit deconsecrated, church on site, which we can use for, for ceremonies and, and dancing and things like that, and, and quite a unique setting. The nuns had it until 1991 when um, they ended up selling up uh, just to, to a businessman. And unfortunately, the house laid empty for 10 years. Uh, the grounds were maintained the whole time, but the house went into disrepair. So an old house like that, nearly 400 years older. 10 years without any heating or, or ventilation or anything because a lot of damage. So when we came along in 2001, it was in quite a bad state of disrepair. But Tom and Mary, my parents, saw the house and fell in love with the architecture of the place and wanted a big project. So, so they took it on, it and its 140 acres, and then spent a long, uh, painstaking 15 years restoring it uh, to bring it back to, to, to what it is now. So very much just, just a labour of love for them. It sounds absolutely fascinating. So tell me, how, how did the wedding business then start? Well, I, I suppose when they bought the place, the idea was never for weddings or anything really commercial. It was just about the house. So, But I suppose 15 years on from the start when it was completed, the, it was a what now kind of moment. So, you know, we toyed with a few ideas, but I suppose these houses lend themselves perfectly for parties because when you're building a house back then, you know, you're... you're you're having a lot of people over, so it's got double height hall and a lot of features that lend itself to parties. So we thought, well, it might work well for a wedding. Uh, so we first started with a, uh, a family member wanted to get married. So they had their wedding with us. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little safer that way. And it went really well. 
Um, now, we didn't have, you know, any of the facilities really we have. Now, we had the house, but we didn't have a large dining area or, or anything like that. So we had to uh, get them to set up a marquee on site uh, just to facilitate the wedding. Now, some people still want marquees on site, and that's fine. But now we have proper indoor spaces where you can see 200 people. And then the three of us, my, my uh, Tom and Mary and myself, had no experience in weddings um i i was i was only working with them part-time at the time but you know my background is hospitality and marketing but but nothing in weddings and uh tom he uh he studied uh hospitality and worked a lot of hospitality but uh, you know not for a long time so then he became an accountant and, and mary's an accountant as well so we're we're uh, you know a different selection of skills between the three of us and, and it seemed to work well but it was quite a a uh, a steep learning curve. So we learned a lot from from suppliers, from from caterers and, and musicians and photographers and everything like that. And so yeah, we just built it gradually over the the five years that we've been working now. Um, we find that every wedding is different, and we give a lot of freedom to to couples or planners to to do new things if they want. So when something works really well at a wedding, we tend to incorporate it and use it up for for the next wedding. And so thankfully, since then we we've built up a good reputation that's built on just each wedding being an amazing experience for, for all the people involved. So, and as you know yourself, it's, it's all about uh, word of mouth in this business. Well, that's what I was just going to say, is that any time that I've been down there to play as a DJ, I've always had an absolutely fabulous time and been able to go back and tell others going, look, if you're looking for a venue, look at Gloucester House. So tell me a little bit about the weddings that you host at Gloucester, uh, you know, o- over the years, from the small to the big. Can you give us a few examples? Yeah, so I suppose they're all really they're all really different. No two are the same. So, you know, I suppose the common feature is that they are all exclusive. So, whether your wedding is for twenty five people or your wedding is for two hundred people, you will have the entire property, you know, and the hundred and forty acres to yourselves. So, the advantage of having all the different spaces means that we can facilitate all different size of weddings. So, even before, um, you know. We were doing a lot of destination weddings. So if you imagine people are all coming over from, from the States, say, and um, there's only going to be 25 of them, then we can still, you know, fill up spaces really well uh, by closing off areas and, and putting decor and, and plants and things around. Uh, and then when the number increases, we, we, can, we can open up larger spaces that maybe we wouldn't use. And I suppose overall, I, I think that something that resonates with the, with the couples that come to, to see us is that we're a home, not, not a hotel. So the house is still lived in by, by Tom and Mary and, you know, you won't find signposts everywhere or anything like that. So it very much feels like, uh, like a home for the weekend. So you're not just there for the day of the wedding, you know, people who stay with us, they're, they're staying the accommodation for at least two nights. It's all included. And then people usually go for a third or a fourth night. So, on the wedding day itself, you know, I think it's it's great that we have a you know a lot of different areas to to wow people with, so nobody gets bored. So uh, you go from the kind of opulence of the Georgian house, which you start off with for your your initial drinks reception, and then you go to to an old church in a convent um, that we've converted. It gives great contrast throughout the, the day and the weekend. And um, then, say, after the meal, there's another brand new space they haven't seen that maybe you didn't expect. You know, you might have, you know, expected us to start rolling out tables, but instead you're going to something completely new. And then you're back for the next day, say, for a barbecue. And while you might be using a space that you have used the day before, we've reimagined it and repurposed it. So it's something like the, a completely new area. 
so and despite all these kind of I don't want to give you the idea that that you're going you know huge distances you know our various spaces are all connected by this this wonderful courtyard we have so there's no um, long and arduous journeys between any of these spaces so I would hope that anybody who's listening to this podcast has started the beginning phase of planning their wedding what advice would you give to anybody who's planning their wedding currently for me personally I think that that simplicity is the key um, so I would say to any couple that that's planning and probably, let's face it, a little overwhelmed with all the choices and, and, and things to think about, to think about what you remember about, you know, the very best weddings that you've ever been to. And it may not be the, whatever made that special, um, uh, think about that. And then it may not be uh, whatever elements of your wedding that you're spending most of your time thinking about now or paying the most for. So, you know, of course, we would say that the venue is the most important part of the wedding, uh, being a venue. Um, but I think that, that once you have the venue, whatever venue it is that's right for you and your kind of wedding, then you're most of the way there. Um, apart from that, now people probably think I'm just saying this because I'm talking to you, Dara, but uh, I think music is, is you know the most critical element after that um, and something you should put a lot of thought into. So... Uh, not just the, the late night music on the wedding day, uh, but I mean, all our weddings are over two, three, four days. So so think about everything throughout. So for your drinks reception, something fun to, to kind of get the party started and set the tone. Uh, for a ceremony, do you want to, you know, a gospel choir or something acoustic? Um, second day barbecues, you know, something fun and interactive that people can join in. So some friends doing sing-alongs or, or a Celtic band trio or, or something like that. Remind us once again of your website and your social media details. So the website is gloucesterhouse.com and you can find us on Instagram at Gloucester underscore house and Gloucester is not spelt like the, the place in England it's G-L-O-S-T-E-R. If you like what you hear don't forget to subscribe and have a brand new episode in your inbox every week. For more information about us, go to daraod.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you know someone getting married or who would be interested in this, please share this and also tell a friend. Finally, please rate and review our podcast. That's all for now. Join us next time for the 10-Minute Wedding Podcast with Dara O'Dee.